Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss the technical and people side of safety. Safety should be your primary leadership tool for discovering more about your people and culture. Your host is Dr. Mark French, also known as the Safety Dude. Mark is a credentialed, experienced, and passionate professional with experience in automotive, food, chemical, nuclear, e-commerce, and energy sectors. He is going to share information and anecdotes from years of experience in the people side of safety based on industrial and organizational psychological theories. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It is a motivational need that defines the culture of your organization. Employee safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone through direct behavioral engagement. That is why your organization should be using safety as a key method to learn about your culture and lead your teams. Thanks for joining this episode as we talk through current issues in people management and how they impact our everyday workplace. And welcome to this episode of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. I am your host, Mark, and I am so happy that you have chosen to join me on this episode. Uh, Again, hopefully uh, you're watching, maybe listening. I do have a YouTube channel. Hope you would have an opportunity to at least check it out. If you want to see how all this magic really happens, uh, prepare to be, uh, I guess, see something. (laughs) Anyway, glad you've joined me. Welcome to this episode. I want to talk this week a little bit uh, about continuing what we have been talking about, and that is what does it mean to really have safety? What is that safety culture, climate? There's all these definitions you can have, but at the end of the day, what does it mean to really be all in for safety? And the article I came across, I came across this a month ago, and I've been holding on to it because I've been talking about a lot of other items that have come up. And this one was interesting. This was out of Cincinnati, Ohio. It was a food plant and it was a temporary worker who had been on the job for nine months, evidently according to OSHA and according to the news articles, which I will post as part of my, on the LinkedIn Facebook page where I can put comments, I will put that in there. They had no training on lockout tagout. And they had gotten where they were doing sanitation on a piece of equipment that was a, a mixer of some form. As they got into the mixer, somehow entered it, began doing their work, it was turned on. And a 29-year-old person lost a leg in almost their life due to this incident, which is unbelievably scary, unbelievably unacceptable. And even worse, two weeks prior, and this was what was interesting, and this was what really caught my sad that the fact that just the fact that there was an amputation, it didn't really grab my attention, shows that things were out of balance for sure. But the, the interesting point was that two weeks prior, OSHA had been there for an inspection of some form and had already cited them for issues of lockout tagout and issues of lockout tagout training. Unbelievable. So how do you miss that bad? And again, we're making assumptions here because what OSHA publishes is not always the, at the end of the day, there's somewhere maybe in between, maybe not. This may have been just exactly what it seems like. It may have been exactly what it appears to be on the surface. So let's just take it at face value. 
Two weeks prior, OSHA's there and says, you've got to train your people on lockout, tagout. You don't have a program. You don't have training. You've got to go do this, which is ab- <laughs> lockout, tagout's been around a long time. And it is still one of those that's cited very often because it takes time. And everyone, well, what if we just turn it off? What if we just do this? And then there's always a horror story that would sometimes follow that, which is absolutely scary, absolutely unacceptable when it comes to those things and when it comes to those ideas. So here we have a temporary worker, nine months on the job, no training. Nine months, so both the temporary agency and the workplace agency, the the place that they were working, the direct supervision, someone should have done some training. There should have been training somewhere in there of you're going to turn it off. The responsible, where does the responsibility lie? At the end of the day, yeah, legally, it's going to fall somewhere. Morally, ethically, both sides should be responsible. I remember coming into a site that had a very large temporary workforce in the safety program. I'd been brought in to kind of help fix the safety program. So it wasn't fantastic. It was kind of limping along. And I remember the safety person for the temp agency came to me and says, Mark, I'm getting complaints. We, I can't continue to let people work here if we're not going to do one, two, and three. And some of it was training. And I think he was shocked that I didn't go, well, just move on then. And I actually said, no, you're right. We have to. And let me help you design it. Could you deliver it? Could you help me deliver it? Uh, because I don't have the space or the time. Do you, can you, you're already doing like onboarding training. What if I give you a specific deck or a specific information about how to do it? And then when they get here, part of their on the job training will be that they will actually go through and perform it so that they know what they're doing. How about that? Can you help me out a little bit? And we created a partnership to do that. And I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just saying morally, ethically, it's both sides. If we're putting someone into a situation where they could lose life and limb, we should be doing something about that. And that's the difference between all in for safety and, well, OSHA told me to. And in this case, OSHA told me to. I'm not sure where the abatement went. Was the abatement just we trained one person that maybe had been interviewed and didn't know about lockout tagout? Or did we just do our full-time employees? Because a temporary workforce is marginalized, which, again, they're still human. And I've seen this, that attitude that we can just hire a an outsource, a contractor, a temporary a, an outsourced worker of some form, give them the worst, horrible, dirtiest, dangerous job, and we can wash our hands. Ah, we're safe because that's not our people. No, it doesn't matter. They're people. They're human beings, and they deserve the right, and they, they're given the right under the law to be safe. But above that, where is the ethical, moral dilemma of saying we should be doing this. And even worse, you were told you were supposed to be doing it. They came in 
they cited you, and it was $1.7 million in fines of willful, serious, repeat. It was awful to think of that and to think of the, the cost, the moral cost of what happened here. And, of course, the injury was uh, not in April's prior year, but the citation came out in April, and that's what kind of brought it back to the surface of this horrible event that happened, the trauma of people, what they see, the name brand recognition of, hey, this is someone who did this to someone. And the whole idea that you were warned, you were cited, you got the warning of all warnings that something was wrong with your program and nothing happened about it. That's scary and it's unacceptable and it, these are the things that make me more passionate about what we do as safety people because we see things like this and you go, why? Why does this happen? How is it that we can allow this type of serious injury? And every day we see it. Uh, every day there's uh, lots of, especially trenching seems to be out there where people are in trenches they shouldn't be in and it collapses and we just, there's organizations out there that aren't understanding and, and don't care. But unfortunately, that's been a lot of things that come that way. So let's take a quick break. Let's come back and talk about how do we keep from doing this? How do we encourage it? How do we go forward? Let's move to the positive side of it. Coming up in the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. TSDA Consulting. Learn you. Lead others. The Myers-Briggs Type Indicator is an amazing tool. Problem is that it can be easily misinterpreted. Dr. Mark French is MBTI certified and ready to help you discover your inner strengths. The MBTI assessment can help with team building, stress management, communication, conflict management, and so much more. Individual and group sessions are available to help you discover what makes you great. For more information, visit us on the web at tsdaconsulting.com. And welcome back to the second half of the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. So we ended the first half talking about uh, an injury at a food facility in Cincinnati, Ohio that happened, the citation happened about a month ago. And there was all the warning signs. One, not having a lockout tagout program is in this day and age, crazy, in my opinion, and unacceptable. But to be cited by OSHA, and then two weeks later have an injury that resulted in a leg amputation, almost death, of a 29-year-old outsourced temporary worker, I shake my head and I think, no, why, would, why should this? Why could this? Why would we allow this to happen? So let's move, let's move on. Let's think about... If you are out there and you're looking for help, you may be the lone person in charge of safety. You may be the HR person that suddenly realizes that we should be doing safety things. Or maybe a leader out there that looks for safety. There are some fantastic organizations and consultants that are well known for lockout tagout. They can come in and help, at least develop and train, and at the very least, Training is so important, and it's there's like stock PowerPoints on the OSHA webpage 
there's a way to do it. I take the first step. And that first step can be scary, but it's necessary because it's even scarier to think about not taking that first step. And I look back at what that organization's culture must be like to think about how if fundamentally we don't care if you turn off a piece of equipment and get in it versus let's think about all the other items they probably should have that they don't have from an HR safety standpoint that's protecting their people and how demoralizing is it. No one in the United States, we are an economic powerhouse. It blows my mind every time I have to say this is why is it in this day and age, in this country, do we have to choose between having work and safe work? That should not be a choice anyone has to make, and yet it happens. There are businesses that exploit the workforce and their basic rights, even basic laws, are not held up. And so they're allowed to get away with exploiting this workforce of saying, well, you either have a job and you have food, water, shelter, or you don't have a job. And if you're going to choose our job, we're going to pay you, but good luck. And don't you dare report anything because if we get shut down, you lose your job anyway. No, I don't understand it because there's more than enough to go around. And I know that sounds very interesting from a political standpoint. It's not. We're talking about a very basic fundamental right that's been argued for for centuries even. When you go back and even read about early industrial revolution or even early farm working and those ideals that came up early on about equal just protection that there is a certain amount of work that we are all willing to do at a certain cost. And sometimes we have to do the work. Sometimes we want to do the work. Sometimes it's somewhere in between, but there should be at least a fundamental right of knowing that you're going to be able to come home and enjoy what you've done and be able to see the fruits of whatever it is you have occurred. And now here we are in the 21st century and you think about the modern day and you think about what we have and the amount of work and money and effort that is out there in our economic system. And to think that we still have people that have to choose between safe work and work, not everywhere, but there's still pockets of this. I mean, every year, 5,000 plus people lose their lives at work. And so for a economic powerhouse, for some an organ, a country that brags about how powerful and wonderful it is, it scares me to hear about those things. And it bothers me fundamentally as a human being to hear about someone that went to work and maybe knew that they were working somewhere unsafe but took the chance and ended up hurt. That bothers me. Humanizing the workplace. It is... The Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. All right. So as we wrap up this podcast, I want to bring up a few things that are happening here. So one brand new web page for TSDA uh, Consulting used to be known as TSD Amalgamated. That's where it started off or the Safety Dude Amalgamated. 
That's where it started. Now it's TSDA Consulting, Leadership Consulting, Safety Consulting, do a lot of really cool things with leadership and building up and empowerment and ethics and values. Uh, the webpage is out there, tsda-consulting.com or tsdaconsulting.com. Also, there's markafrench.com. All of that is going to lead you to my social media, Facebook, uh, Twitter, my LinkedIn profile, my YouTube, where you can see this uh, this awesome magic that is my podcast happen live. Me basically standing here and shouting into a mic at you. But also some really cool things are coming up here in the next few months. Actually, here in just a few weeks, I will be in Louisville, Kentucky at the Kentucky Safety Conference. Got a great topic. It is called Safety, the Gateway to Engagement. I think that's fantastic. We're going to talk about using safety as that first in to really talk to your team, to build up a rapport, to build that esteem with people, starting with a conversation about safety and how powerful that can be. And so I hope you'll join me there. That's the Kentucky Safety Conference coming up in May in Louisville. There's still time to sign up to be there. I'm going to have a booth uh, I'm also going to be doing some live podcasting. If you'd like to be interviewed, just a few simple questions, probably more along the lines of what do you see in safety? How did you get into safety? Just something easy, just a good conversation among friends. Hope you can be there. Later on then in August, Tennessee has their safety conference. So right on the border there with me, uh, Tennessee, and that's in Nashville, Tennessee, and I'll be at the Tennessee Safety Conference. Once again, I'll be a speaker. I'm honored to be able to deliver another message there. Also, I've decided to have my booth there, be doing some interviews, uh, be doing all the fun things that are this podcast. (laughs) So I'm really looking forward to being able to do those things, to be part of it, for us to meet together, maybe learn more about my company, learn more about me, or just meet I think that's phenomenal. So I really look forward to the chance to see in person, to be in person, to get out there and hope you'll join me. And if you're in those areas, uh, if not, check out the webpage. I'd love to, before you stop by, take a look, give me some feedback. If you need something, hopefully I can help you. (laughs) And until next time we chat, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the online conversation at www.markafrench.com. All opinions expressed on the podcast are solely attributed to the individual and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast.